And here's my contention. For a long time, I thought that maybe I would teach people to podcast or teach. So I would try, my content would always be that. Like, here's what you should do. And then I realized there's a lot of people who do that. <laughs> there's a lot of people who will tell you what to do, how to start a podcast for free. There's not really any money in that. Really value because it's out there. The value is in connecting people. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. I love talking with fascinating people and learning how God has met them along their way. In this Along the Way conversation, I am joined by the host of the Halfway There podcast and the founder of the Christian Podcasters Association, Eric Nevins. As you just heard Eric say in the teaser clip, the value is in connecting people. I truly believe that. There is great value in connecting yourself with other people, and there is a huge value in helping other people make connections as well. God has designed humanity for community. First, community with Him, but also community with others. Cultivating relationships for a kingdom purpose is one of my favorite things to do. That's why when the opportunity to do a podcast episode with Eric came up, I jumped at the opportunity. The Christian Podcasters Association that he curates has been a blessing to me, and I pray that our conversation adds value to you as well. If you find joy helping others make connections, you are really going to enjoy this episode. I'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to make sure that, as always, you know that you can hear all of my episodes, even the ones that you might have missed, by visiting my website, alongtheway.media, or by simply subscribing to Along the Way in your favorite podcast app. You can also find Along the Way on Facebook and Instagram. And I have an email list that you can join if you'd like to be informed about upcoming episodes and other special announcements. The link will be in my show notes. To reach me electronically, you can email me at johnalongtheway at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And now, here's my Along the Way conversation with Eric Nevins. Eric Nevins, thank you for joining me along the way, actually allowing me to join you along your way. It's a pleasure to, to actually get a chance to talk to you face-to-face, even though we're talking through Zoom. But we've been talking online for the past couple months because you started a podcasting group on Facebook that I've grown to love. And I've learned a lot through the interactions that I've had there. And it's the Christian Podcasters Association. It's been a privilege to be accepted into that group and to uh, be able to hopefully give insight to some others as well. But I've received so much from your input and you posted that you were wanted to get on other people's podcasts. And so I was like, hey, here's somebody that has already had an impact in my life, whether he knows it or not. And so you've been affecting me along the way. And so I want to hear your story. So, Eric, would you mind just kind of telling me a little bit about your background and who you are and your journey with the Lord? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, just welcoming me to your show. It's fun to be here and share a little bit with you and your audience. Um yeah, Christian Podcasters Association. I hear that from so many people. They really enjoy the group. And that, it just sort of blows me away after, you know, I just started on a whim. I guess I could tell you more about that story if you want. But um, my background, you know, I grew up a church kid. We were at church all the time whenever the doors were open. You know, my parents would volunteer. And we were there. Eventually, I, I wanted to learn. I had this question when I was in high school. Uh, that was, how do you grow in Christ? You know, I mm. just needed to figure that out. And so that kind of led me to wanting to be a pastor. Funny mm. enough, I never ended up doing that, but I've got all the education. So I got a, I got a degree in biblical studies and 
Then I ended up going to seminary, getting a master of divinity uh, with an emphasis in spiritual formation or okay. spiritual Christian formation. And uh, that's kind of where I figured out actually how this, how this works. And uh, eventually that led me to podcasting. Um, there's obviously there's a little more involved, but once I kind of had this idea and I understood what podcasting could do, I thought it was a great medium to just share the entire Christian journey with people instead of it was always my life was terrible, then I met Jesus, and now my life is great. Right, right. But there's a lot more to the journey. My show likes likes to do that. What's the theme of your show? It's called Halfway There. Where did you get the name and um, how has that applied to your life? Yeah. So Halfway There is kind of two things. It's one, just me saying that we're all on a journey and we're always going to be on that journey. You never exhaust the knowledge of an infinite God, which I think is an interesting thought to, to think that, hey, you know, even in eternity, we're going to still be learning about who God is. We're, mm-hmm. we're just always on the journey. Uh, so that was my way of saying that the whole, the whole journey is important. But it's also just a little hat tip to Bon Jovi because nobody ever forgets living on a prayer. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. I, can, I tell people about it and then they make that connection and now I've got a hook in their mind that I didn't have to write. Absolutely. Yeah, taking taking advantage of something that's out there in culture and using it for the kingdom of God. That's great. I love it. Yeah. So you said that you were on your journey, you went through seminary, and you started this podcast as a result of things that happened. So there's a lot of steps in that process. It's not just, oh, yeah, I, I went to school. I have all this knowledge now. I don't have an audience, so I'm going to create an audience. You know, that doesn't just happen. There's There's some steps right. along the way. Can you take me along some of that journey? Oh, yeah. So yeah, after I got out of school, I started looking for past pastor jobs, but I graduated right at the middle of the downturn. Mm. Uh, so like 2009, there was so the kind of jobs I wanted to do. I just am not a great preacher. Didn't really want to do that. So like a lead role wasn't really right for me. I wouldn't mind wouldn't have mind doing a, an associate role somewhere uh, with where I could use that spiritual formation kind of stuff. But um, I just never really found anything. And there were probably a lot of reasons for that. I had some growing up to do. I was still pretty young. We had young kids. And so anyway, we ended up staying here in Denver and I was working at a financial firm and I was honestly, I was kind of angry about it. I was really, I I wasn't happy about that. That was not where I wanted to be. I was working in the financial world, which I don't enjoy. It was not fun. I was getting yelled at all day or taking a hundred phone calls a day. It was, it was really miserable. By the time I left there, I was bouncing people's checks and blocking their visa cards, basically ruining people's day for a living. That's what I did. Oh, man. I used to say I was a bouncer. That was my (laughs) claim to fame. Yeah. Okay. But so through that, a couple things happened. I'll tell you two stories. One is I started to blog. I kind of discovered this world of online business uh, right as I was getting out of seminary. I started this blog called RevNev because I thought I was going to be a pastor, right? So I thought that was a clever. Mm -hmm. People at work would call me that, RevNev. And it was all about Christians and politics because I was spent all day when I wasn't on the phones reading political blogs and articles and things like that. Uh, And I thought that was really important. And then I learned that publishers would send you copies of books Mm. or review, right? Right, right. I got a book by Oz Guinness called A Free People's Suicide. And in that, he talks about how character is important, how in our um, society, our whole thing is based on the idea that somebody would limit themselves to what it says on a piece of paper we call the Constitution, right, Mm -hmm. or a law. Um, and then, or other people to come along and hold them to that. And so there's this whole symbiosis that all depends on character. That whole shift started a pattern of thinking for me that made me go, how do you change character? Because I was not doing a very good job doing that 
by telling people what to think, either in preaching or on my blog. Mm. Um, I tried a couple of other things and I just, it didn't resonate with me. So it wasn't going to resonate with an audience. Right. And I was trying to, trying to find that. And so I, I discovered that stories are the way that people change character. That's the way it's been done for thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. We have things called fairy tales. We have things called Grimm's fables, right? Right. So they're there for a reason because they tell you something about what it means to have good character. That led me eventually when I found podcasting to go, how could I take what I know about spiritual formation and put it into a podcast? That's mm-hmm. why I get people to tell me their stories and we, I have people from all kinds of theological backgrounds. I don't even care what your theology is necessarily. There, there are a few places I won't go, but right, right. for the most part, that's not what we're doing. I'm trying to do honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. That's what I want. That's cool. So tell me about your first episode. Oh, yeah. My first episode was with a woman named Carolyn Schmidt. She is basically the church mentor at my church. She's okay. been there forever. She mentors a ton of people. And she just sort of oozes Jesus. Like she just is an embodiment of Jesus. Funny enough, we I bought this little digital recorder I was showing you earlier on Christmas 2014 and set up a bunch of interviews, met with her in this tiny little room. I hit the recorder. We had a 45-minute conversation, and then I realized it was still flashing because I didn't know how to work my recorder. Oh, no. And she was like, oh, that's okay. It's fine. I said, okay. So we took a little break and then we went to a different room, which is good because that room that we were in was too small. It was going to be really echoey. Mm-hmm. So that, that happened. And we ended up doing it much tighter, much better conversation, trying to do it the second time. And it was so good. She has been through so much. And it really set the bar, I think, for, I mean, she, this woman, she, like I said, she's amazing, but she's in her 70s. She has been through all the stages of the journey, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't realize this at the time, but she's really in that life of love where she's just loving other people and caring for them, um, being Christ to them, teaching them how to do that as well. Right. And that's the that was the perfect person to start with on my, on my show. It was really great. That's really cool. I, I love the story of the journey, and there's a lot of things that we have in common. And just listening to other people's stories has changed my life dramatically. Some of the most interesting things that I've had the opportunity to talk with people about weren't necessarily what I was expecting, but it's the things that God has brought them through along their journey and how they've managed to go through those things. The theme for this podcast is the Emmaus Road conversation and how the disciples were walking with Jesus for at least two hours before they sit down at the table and Jesus blesses the food and breaks the bread and then poof, he's gone. They, they turn to each other in Luke 24, 32, and they say, weren't our hearts burning within us along the way as he was revealing the scriptures to us? So, you know, there, Jesus is walking with us, Eric, all throughout our lives, but sometimes we just don't realize it. You were just talking about having, you know, this desire to go into ministry and thinking that you were going to be a pastor of a church somewhere, whether it be an associate or, but now you're pastoring people all over the world through a microphone and through podcasting. And what are some of the hurdles that you've had to deal with realizing that that's the path that God actually has you on? Oh man. So, so many. (laughs) One of the, one really interesting thing. So we moved to Denver in 2004 to go to school to finish up my master of divinity, but somewhere but before that I had taken about a a three year break. It ended Mm -hmm. up being three years and two kids. So I did my undergrad at, at Trinity. That sounds like a lot more than just three years then. 
It was a lot, right? Yeah. It was, uh, I had gone, got my Bible degree, started seminary at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, which is a great school. I mean, it's such a, it's, if you can hack it there, you can, you will get a really good education. Mm. Um, but I really, um, I just, we, we had a lot of things going on at the time that uh, I look back now and I go, oh, of course you were in a dark night of the soul because life was falling apart in various ways and it was very difficult. During that season, I wrote in my journal, I think maybe the Lord has an unconventional ministry for me. Mm. This is like 2002. And then I proceeded to spend the next 15 years trying to have a conventional ministry, (laughs) (laughs) which I I look at and I go, wow, that was, why did I do that? I think partly because I just didn't know any, like didn't know any better. I didn't know that there were other ways to do it, which might be why the Lord eventually led me to online business and podcasting because I think Mm -hmm. he had something different in mind ultimately. And I think he knows me too. I don't really take direction very well. So that's, uh, (laughs) it would, it, it's just not a great fit for me, probably. In the mm-hmm. so that's one that I o- have had to overcome. Um, just being okay with being, being me and being in a job or in a ministry that definitely I, I can see fruit, but it's not the kind that gets a lot of accolades from a church. You know. Sure. Yeah. You you just mentioned that you heard God say to you that you weren't going to have a traditional ministry. Obviously, hearing God is something that that you have some practice in. Do you remember the first thing that you remember God speaking to you? Interestingly, kind of. I mean, it's been so I've had an interesting relationship with that for a long time. Sure. As a kid, I would pray a lot, especially going going to bed at night. Really, the first time I remember the Lord actually speaking to me was way later than that. When I was in seminary, Mm -hmm. I preached on James 4, which is kind of a terrible passage to have to do your first sermon on. It's not really fair. I don't know why they did that to me, but... (laughs) It's just kind of hard because James is so disjointed, right? There's a lot going on there. It's hard. Trying to grab a theme is, is a little bit tough. I did terrible my first sermon. It was so bad. I could do the exegesis because I'd done that in college. And so doing that part in the Greek class was fine. But then when it came to doing the sermon, I had such a hard time. And it was really awkward. And, and my dad was there because I said, you could bring somebody. And so I said, all right, here, dad, I'm going to try this. I was so just deeply embarrassed and absolutely, I, I thought, I'm, what am I going to do if I can't preach? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I woke up in the middle of the night. I went into the, to the bathroom and I was physically being sick. I was just so, I was so overcome with just emotion and anxiety about this. And I was praying and I said, God, what am I going to do if I can't do this? Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, well, you weren't very good at taking phone calls at first either. I remember him saying that it was this voice outside of my head, yeah. but it was in my head. Right. And it made me laugh because at the time I would take a hundred phone calls in a day. But when I first started, you know, I couldn't do that. Right. And it was his way of saying, Hey, you just, just keep going. Just keep, keep practicing. And it cracked me up because who expects God to say something like that to you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you want, or sometimes you think that God's going to speak in the, thus saith the Lord, or he's going to speak in King James, but he doesn't. He speaks in a way that we can understand because he's a friend that's closer than a brother. And yeah. he speaks in a language that we can understand, which is yeah. really cool. And that was the first time that I, that I really remember going definitively, that was the Lord and there's no way that was. Mm. And so how did that change you? Well, at least it broke my tension because I was having a lot of anxiety sure. at that moment. And it definitely made me sort of aware that God does that kind of thing. Although I didn't really believe that until the last couple of years necessarily. Mm. 
was still a little bit skeptical. When I graduated seminary, I needed a new Bible because I kind of worn mine out. So I went to a Mardell and I was getting something. And a guy came up to me and he said, well, I'm just looking at these books on the clearance rack. Hey, God has some big plans for you. And I feel like you just told me to tell you that. And I was like, okay, thanks. man. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't have a category for it. Uh-huh. But it was starting to, God was starting to say, no, I've got something a little bit more for you. I've got a relationship with you that I'd like to have. And I'm still kind of journeying into that mm-hmm. right now. What are some of the things that have helped you the most on your journey? For me, it was learning some new practices. Okay. Um, definitely, I, I absolutely never speak negatively of Bible study or what I would call normal evangelical ways of praying. Mm-hmm. But it was really helpful to me to learn a process called Lectio Divina. Have you done any Lectio? I might have, but maybe not in that term. <laughs> it may go by different words. Yeah. That's that's a Latin word, but it's it, I learned it from Jesuits. So okay. um, there, there's a little place here called Sacred Heart near us. It's a Jesuit retreat house and it's silent and it's beautiful because mm-hmm. you can show up, nobody will talk to you. So I guess that's a disappointment. <laughs> it's an introvert's but haven, right? It's so It's amazing. And I'm I'm kind of on the extrovert, more on the extrovert side than the introvert side. Mm-hmm. But going there and having nobody require anything of you. You just show up for dinner, your breakfast, all the whatever. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, you have no responsibilities at all. You can just be for a little while. It's a real gift. Wow. But right after school, I did the spiritual exercises of Ignatius of Loyola. Okay. Uh, with one of them and kind of learned how to do imaginative prayer and Lectio, where you go through and you read the text, then you reflect on the text, you remain with it. So you just sit with it and then you respond and then you can return as well. So there's kind of a five-step process, but learning how to do that with a passage and doing the same passage over and over and over again has really changed how I read the Bible and how I read particularly Jesus. So all of last year, for instance, I was in the book of Mark this year. I read Jeremiah until I got depressed and then I decided to move to John. Okay. That's <laughs> wisdom. To, yeah. Right. I switched to John. I was like, this is terrible. There was some good stuff in there, oh, but oh, um, yeah. moving to John was like, okay, now I'm, and I'm kind of stuck in John 13 where Jesus washes the disciples feet. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's just so much to meditate on there. And so come and using that process to come back over and over again is really valuable. That sounds like something that really helps you not miss when Jesus is walking with you. Yeah. You know, it becomes more and more aware of where he is along that process. So you mentioned about going away for one of these retreats. That sounds awesome. I'm sure no cell phones are allowed or anything like that. You have to check those at the door, which <laughs> is so hard to do in this world. Oh, yeah. So I would, I really want to talk more about that because uh, I think that's yeah. just that's just fascinating. And really how you take what you learned in that retreat and how you block out that time in your daily life. How did you make that a personal thing that you do continuing from that retreat? Well, for a long time, I really just didn't have the space for it. Mm. Um, in the last year and a half, Jesus and I do this thing called coffee. <laughs> so I'll make a cup of coffee in the morning after the kids are gone and my wife goes to work. It gets real quiet around here. It's just me and the dog. And so I'll make a cup of coffee. I have this one chair. I'll sit down. I have my Bible that I've had since I was 16 sitting on the end table there and I'll pick it up and I'll read I try to do that and I probably do it maybe three days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, since I work from home now, that actually gave me a lot more space to do those kinds of things. It can be a lot more challenging when you have to get up and be at work. And right. Those kinds of things. That's really cool that you're able to spend that time and have that contemplative prayer and response. How long does that normally take? It, anywhere from 10 minutes to, you know, sometimes it can be half an hour. 
just depends on you know, where I am and, and what I'm doing. Sometimes I'll try to do a little listening and just to bring things to him and see what he's saying. And I'll ask him questions and sometimes he'll say something and sometimes he won't. Mm-hmm. You, you said you grew up in a Christian home. You kind of knew about the Lord your whole life. When did your relationship with the Lord become your own? So I, I look at it in terms of stages. So I think mm-hmm. for sure in becoming my own, I was I always wanted to be close to the Lord. I don't really remember any times like that. I was pretty earnest in high school, which I think is one of the reasons. You know, we went to a small church. So if you have any kind of enthusiasm, you're called, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was just how it was. And so I thought, well, I want to do something meaningful and I want to go be a pastor. But even during that time, I mean, I would study. And I, I remember before we went to college, my wife and I got married. We were 20. Hmm. We were children. I have a daughter who's 17 now. That's the age we were when we met. And I don't, I just look at that and I go, wow, what were, why did anybody let us do that? But, you know, I remember praying and asking the Lord, well, should we get married or should we wait? Or, you know, like, so I always kind of had that relationship, mm-hmm. but I didn't always know, you know, you're young, right? I need some grounding. I think really for me, I would say like the last five years is when it has really started to get not just my own, but more like personal. Yeah. More where my process is surrendering myself and asking God, who am I? Who have you made me to be? And then as he leads me into things like podcasting or into like starting a group and realizing that I really love to curate, not teach. That's a different kind Mm. of a skill set, right? Yes, yes. Because I spent a long time. I was trying to be the teacher because those are the people that really get the attention and they get the jobs, right? Um, Not my gift. And so accepting that and accepting myself is kind of tantamount to uh, accepting the Lord and deepening my relationship with him. So that's kind of a roundabout way. I think there's been lots of stages throughout yeah. life. Yeah. That's where I am now. That's cool. It's interesting to always hear about somebody's personal walk with the Lord, because mm. I think so many people, especially in the United States, it's easy to just check the box that you're a Christian or check the box that you, I mean, and what does it mean to be a Christian? For a lot of people, right. it means maybe going to church on Christmas and Easter, maybe a couple other times a year, but I grew up in a Christian family, and so it wasn't until I was 15 that I, even though I prayed the prayer when I was four, when I was 15 is when I really made it my own decision, and I was going to live for the Lord on my own accord, not on somebody else's. So it's always fascinating to me to hear somebody else's journey in that. So thank you for for sharing a little bit about that. Yeah. So you went to seminary, and you're working this other job. You are frustrated with answering these phone calls all the time, and you're doing this political thing. And how did God lead you into saying, okay, you went from one conversation in a podcast to now you've got about 160. I think next week is 165. 165. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Three and a half years. I cannot believe that. Yeah. That's, that's remarkable. And um, I'm just new in my journey. So thank you for kind of pioneering some things. Yeah. So how have you changed because of the podcasting? Oh, wow. That is such a great question. So um, like everything I've changed everything. So I think one is certainly confidence. Like I remember when I launched my show, I had 13 interviews. I launched with three interviews, like they tell you to, mm-hmm. and then I had 10 weeks worth of content. And I remember going, okay, if I die, at least I've done something. Yeah. I literally had that thought because I felt just like I hadn't done anything. And so I was so annoyed and I just thought, okay, this, at least if for nothing else, these conversations will encourage some people if I put them out there. And now, you know, 165 episodes later, and I've got, I've got content in the can that'll mm-hmm. take me into January for sure. And then 
I've got enough episodes scheduled or recording scheduled that I can go till probably March. That's awesome. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought, you know, when I was early, I remember having to make the choice. I need to reach out and ask some people right, and see right. how this goes, even though it was kind of scary. I'm not afraid to do that anymore. I never liked networking at a bank, but I love networking for podcasting. It yeah. is so much fun. It is the best. And I also think my view of church has changed significantly. Hmm. Obviously, you know, trying to be a pastor, wanting to be a pastor, you think about church in certain ways. But I have come to see that everyone has some value to bring. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear Paul talk about that, right? Like when you come together, make sure everybody has a, everybody brings something. Right. And so I've gotten much more interested in that than I am in a worship service. We still go to church. I know a lot of people who don't anymore, mm. most of them online, but some people uh, here in my circles. I'm not quite ready to go there, but I have figured out that there's an implicit assumption about what we need to grow in the church, the way that it's usually structured. So typically the assumption is you need knowledge and you need some sort of emotional experience. I think they're both valuable. They both have their place. Mm-hmm. But if the, the goal there then becomes how much you know and how much you do, right? That's equal spiritual maturity. And so then people who have been to seminary and can get up and give a decent speech get all of the acclaim, right? They get all of the attention and all the time in the body. Whereas I think the goal really is of spiritual maturity is love how you love like Jesus and how you love others. So if that's the case, then some things need to probably change because we're not taking people through a journey. We're just giving them 45 minutes of information. Mm-hmm. Sky Jatani, um, he's on the Holy Post podcast. He wrote this great article about how in the information age, a church service that's based around dispensing information is probably antiquated and no longer necessary. People can mm-hmm. get sermons from all over the world in podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> from preachers who are probably better than you. That's going to change, I think. And I've actually embraced that. And I think it's totally true. Information is cheap. Experiences are expensive now mm-hmm. in the information age. We're going to have to change. That's a thing. That's my little diatribe, but that's my thing that I've yeah. learned through podcasts or one of them anyway. Yeah, I know what you were just talking about, though. I think probably my pastor has uh, has either heard that or he's in the same vein and same thought with that because he recently just said, you can listen to better preachers than me. You can listen yeah. to better worship than what we have here. But being together is the experience with each other and with the Lord that we can't replicate online. We can't replicate through right. technology. And so he was just kind of stressing the importance of that and saying, hey, we're not going to just be focused on, you know, flashing lights and fog machines. And we want to have a real experience with the Lord. And I think that's kind of where God wants to take people back to. It's that experience with him. It's that encounter with him that is going to really change us. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think that's so important. The gifting thing is really important to me. I think people have to, I think we have to give more people more opportunity to use their gifts mm-hmm. when we come together. It's not that way in most churches right now, and I just don't think it's okay. One of the things that I like to talk about, you know, with this whole walking the path along the way thing is, you know, oftentimes when you're walking along the path, you run into some detours. I know you and I, we're both trying to figure out exactly where the where the journey is actually going to, because um, mm-hmm. God is continually laying it out step by step. But what are some detours that you've had in your life, and what advice would you give somebody to 
get around those detours or how to deal with those detours. Yeah. You know, one of those detours ended up being my career in financial services, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I went through school and then just ended up staying in, you know, the financial world for 13 years total. It was good. I mean, in many ways it was God's provision, but I got some advice that I wish I, I would have taken when I first went to college um, and I called the best advice I never took. It was, mm. there was a guy named Guy who said to me, he asked me, he said, you want to be a pastor? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, do you plan to go to seminary? I said, yeah. He goes, what are you studying? It's biblical studies. Uh, he goes, okay, don't do that. He said, if you're going to go to seminary, you're going to get all that. Go do a degree in business mm. and then, and maybe minor in Bible and then do Bible in seminary because you'll get all that. Mm. And he was totally right because I did a lot of stuff twice. But I think that would have set up my my career a little bit better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It would be a little more marketable to either move within financial or uh, other places if I wasn't going to be in ministry. So I kind of got hung up that way because I, I thought the only way to be in ministry was to be on staff at a church. Yeah, that's, and that's not always the case. I mean, that, that is a not ministry for sure, but ministry is so different. And right. sometimes we put God in a box and we want to do things a certain way that other people have done things before. And so... Yeah. God has called you into podcasting and you are, I would say you're a leader in Christian podcasting. You have started this podcasting group, which I became a part of on Facebook. And so what took you from being a, Hey, I'm a podcaster. I'm just doing my own thing to say, I want to help other people. Tell me about that journey. Yeah. Well, it was really, I just was also looking for community. So Mm -hmm. when I started in 2016, there really weren't any Christian podcasting groups there were a couple that are still around and I'll post in them once in a while, but they weren't really looking for a connection or talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of them actually reached out to me and said, Hey, please don't do that. Cause I was trying to start a conversation. <laughs> I was like, no. Okay. So, uh, I think there was a, a thread on in the podcast movement group, which is a, mm-hmm. a podcasting conference. I got to go this year. It was amazing. If you haven't been, you should go. But somebody was talking about, groups or something connecting. I don't remember. Maybe it was about Christian podcasters. I don't remember what the thread was about, Mm -hmm. but I just said, man, I asked the question, does anybody know of a Christian podcasting group that I could join? And this guy named Phil Gothier responded to me and said, Hey, I would love if something like that existed. Hmm. He's like, Hey, we should connect. So I friended him. We started messaging. Uh, it turns out he lived in my hometown of Des Moines, Iowa, which no way. Cool. Yeah, totally. So I'm, I'm in Denver now, but we, I grew up in Iowa. And I thought, wow, that's that's pretty awesome. He had kind of a testimony show too, where he was getting people to to tell him their stories. And so I said, hey, let's start our own. Let's start a group. Let's go ahead and like, since it doesn't seem to exist, mm-hmm. I see an opportunity. Let's do it. He said, sure. So we started it, and he was around for a while. He he eventually moved on to other things, and so kind of became my group. But that's really how I started it. I just wanted to connect to Christian podcasters. And here's my contention. For a long time, I thought that maybe I would teach people to podcast or teach. So I would try, my content would always be that. Like, mm. here's what you should do. And then I realized there's a lot of people who do that, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people who will tell you what to do or how to start a podcast for free. There's not really any money in that. Really value because it's out there. Mm-hmm. The value is in connecting people. So this is comes back to that curation idea, mm-hmm. right? So you bring people in and you curate the relationships and I've seen that be so powerful. My favorite story to tell about that is I did last year a mastermind group. And I'm thinking about doing another one maybe early in the year. But uh, it was a free mastermind group. We did six weeks. And in there, one uh, lady, was Tracy Winchell, she said, 
hey, I am so far behind on my editing, and I just it seems overwhelming. I've got so many episodes recorded, but I can't get them out. I don't know what to do. And in that group uh, was Mikhail, and Mikhail said, hey, I'm an audio editor. I'll do some for free. Hmm. And so they got together. Mikhail did some for free. They kind of worked it out, and then Tracy eventually said, yeah, what can we work out, you know, a, a arrangement where I can pay you? And so uh, they have an arrangement now. But that really got her show going on a consistent basis, right? Because mm-hmm. she could have some help. And so that connection is exactly what I think Christian Podcasters Association is about. You always have somebody that you can ask a question if you need it, a technical question or an idea. I, th- I think there's three questions podcasters ask. What is my message and voice? How do I use this darn technology? And um, how do I get uh, it out there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do I grow my show, right? Yeah. Those are the three questions. And uh, people ask them all, of, all the time. And sometimes I'll ask them and we get connected to each other. So that's how it came about. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to connect Christian podcasters. And I think it's, I think it's great. I really love it. I'm glad to hear that it is valuable for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So even though you didn't become a pastor of a brick and mortar church, you've <laughs> kind of become a pastor of this, this group. And uh, yeah. it's pretty cool. And uh, I, I appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you. That's, that's really nice of you. And that means a lot to me to even hear. And we do things like we ask for prayer every Thursday. Right? Yeah. What do you need people to pray for? And it's funny. Some weeks you get more than others, but um, you'll often have other people come and go, Hey, I just prayed for you. And they'll go through and comment on all of those who bother to put a prayer request there. I really do hope that we're about more than it is podcasting, but we're really about advancing the kingdom of Christ through our podcast. Mm-hmm. So I hope that we can share some of those things. Yeah. I, I know for me, you know, I, I started this podcast and I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. I knew that God spoke to me about doing this, but then I joined a couple of these Facebook groups about podcasting and the community that I started seeing and the benefit from that, that was a really unexpected blessing. That was really cool. And now it's like, Oh, wow. Anytime I find out that there's another podcaster, I'm finding that podcasters are probably some of the most friendly people out there, and we just want to help other people. And we don't look at each other as competition so much as, hey, how can I help you? And that's kind of like a just a natural outflow. And I think Christian Podcasters Association definitely does that very, very well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think that is the case because it's so small. Yeah. Do you know Daniel J. Lewis? He does um, the Audacity the podcast. So he's okay, yeah. He said recently there's like 770,000 podcasts. Of those, the ones that have had more than 10 episodes and or at least 10 episodes and have published in the last 90 days, it's something like 28%. Hmm. So it's a fairly small number who are people who are continuing the podcast. Um, a lot of people start them and then they do what's called pod fade, right? They mm-hmm. kind of fade out and decide not to, or they just, it's too much work. But those of us, so those of us who are here, I think it's just, we have so much in common, right? Cause we've had to overcome the same kind of thing. There's mm-hmm. the fear of, do I have anything to say? You know, there's the fear of how, how am I going to master this technology? And like I said, there, the last one is, will anybody listen and how do I get it in, the, in more people's hands? I'm not really a marketer. I'm not a, yeah. I don't want to talk about myself all the time. Do I have to do that to be, you know, do I have to be Gary Vaynerchuk to be <laughs> successful, right? Very, Gary Vaynerchuk no. with a cleaner mouth. <laughs> well, yes, but that's so easy. To- yeah. Eric, if you could go back in time, 20, 30 years, maybe to the 17 year old self, whenever you met your wife, whatever stage of life that might be, and you could give yourself some advice, 
that would be like the sage advice that you have now, but like you want to intersect with yourself in the past, what would you tell yourself? Wow. Well, so one thing is I would tell myself, take that guy's advice mm-hmm. to get a business degree. <laughs> That'd be one thing. But I would also say probably get some therapy earlier because mm. while I did grow up in a Christian home, there were a lot of things that weren't okay. And uh, my parents got divorced when I was 25. So that was part of that break that I took in seminary. Those kinds of things just need to be dealt with on a psychological level. And I just honestly never, I was kind of afraid of them. Hmm. So if I could go back and tell myself, hey, don't be afraid to deal with that stuff. It's okay. And the Lord will go with you into those things. In fact, he's the one inviting you to go into them to see where he wants to bring healing and, and joy in the end. That would have been a really helpful thing. I don't know if I would have listened even to myself, but uh-huh. it would have been a good encouragement. You know, we're both podcasters and you're, you know, a couple years ahead of me from, you know, you started this, you started the halfway there podcast and you're 160 some episodes into it and I'm 30 something into mine. What advice would you give to me as somebody that is starting out and trying to just do what God's saying to do? What's, what's mm-hmm. your best piece of, of podcasting advice with that? Well, I think you're, you're doing it. And so the, the biggest thing that you need to do is decide that you're going to keep showing up. Mm. So for me, that was right around when I got done with those 10 episodes, I had to say, am I going to just show up every day or every week? Or am I going to take breaks? I'd kind of set it up as like, this is season one, just mm-hmm. in case I need to take a three months off to find new people. And I kind of thought I would do that. But I realized I really need to just keep producing content. And so I would sometimes have weeks where I didn't have anybody and I would just do a solo show hmm. or I would do, I, I would have a friend or something come on. But that, that decision to make sure I show up every week meant that sometimes Sunday night, I was up till 11 o'clock at night or 1130 at night trying to get that ready for Monday morning. Uh, and then yep. I would yeah, <laughs> I know I'd be feeling. 11 and then I'd schedule it for one in the morning or three in the morning, whenever. And, uh, be like, Oh, okay. And it would go out and that was tiring, but it was what needed to happen. It was a discipline I needed to have. So if you're doing that, you're well ahead of so many people. I mean, 30 episodes, the average podcast has somewhere between seven and 11 episodes and before people fade out. Mm. If you have 30 episodes, you're doing great just commit to staying on that course. It's okay to miss an episode once in a while. It seems like every September my life gets just too complicated and I miss an episode. Yeah. And that's fine because the next week I will publish one. And funny enough, I'll end up with more downloads the week I skip because people go, oh, I'm looking for something else, right? And they go they go back and they find a couple of new things that strike their fancy. Hmm. And I don't do it on purpose, but yeah. once in a while that happens. It's yeah. Just, but you just got to decide to show up. That's good advice. I think beyond podcasting too is just show up and be consistent. Man, it definitely I struggled with podcasting so hard. <laughs> yeah. There were so many things that I would try to do that just didn't. I just couldn't do that. I couldn't keep blogging, mm-hmm. but I could keep asking people to tell me their story. Yeah. What has been the coolest thing that you've had open up because of podcasting? I know for oh. me, I was a missionary for eight years before oh, cool. I got into media. And so I love whenever I open up Buzzsprout and, uh, you know, the website and it shows me I've got listeners in 24 different countries and these many different cities and things like that. And I'm like, I don't know people in some of these areas. And so 
the words that God has given me and the, the conversations that I'm having are affecting more people than I realize. And so that's one of the things that has really blessed me. What's something that has encouraged you or blessed you because of podcasting that you wouldn't have had in, in, unless you've done that? Yeah. Well, certainly the relationships are the thing, right? I think podcasting is a relational medium and it really is about building relationships because you build relationships with your audience and then you'll hear back every once in a while I'll hear back from people. And it's just amazing to me when they go, Hey, I listen to every episode. Wow. Really? One, one lady I talked to one time told me that she used to listen to eight hours of sermons in her queue while she was working every day, mm. which is a lot of sermons. That's and a lot. Yeah. And she said, uh, but now I listen to four hours of sermons and four hours of you. I was like, wow. Wow. That's that humbling. Is it is totally humbling. I thought, are you kidding me? You okay? Well, I it just put my own curation in perspective, right? So the stories that I find, I, I gotta make sure I find some good ones that relate to people because people are listening. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, it's all over the world. I love that my friends and family don't listen for the most part. That makes me <laughs> super happy. Because it means that other people are, uh-huh. uh, and it's not just my friends and family. Right. I do have a couple of friends that will uh, listen quite a bit, but I think that's so good. Yeah. I love how God is using this medium of podcasting. And Eric, I, I again want to thank you for starting the Christian Podcasters Association. I'm excited to see what God's going to continue to do with that mm-hmm. as you're using your curating gift for the kingdom of God. Uh, it's going to be really cool to see how God continues to grow that and to grow the Halfway There podcast and the other ministry aspects that you're involved with. I just want to thank you for allowing me to join along your way for this conversation, and uh, I look forward to the next time that our paths can cross. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. It's been really fun. If you don't mind, I want to just put out the call to any other Christian podcasters. Yeah, go for it. uh, Come find us. We're on Facebook. You just search Christian Podcasters Association. You'll find us. The association is all about that connection. So Mm -hmm. just search. You can ask for access to the group. There's a couple of questions just to make sure that we get the right people. Right, right. Uh, Make sure you answer those. And then uh, you you can join us. The other thing that I think is kind of exciting, I'm excited about it, is I'm working right now toward producing some premium content for the group Mm. coming up. That'll be paid content, but doing more curated stuff that uh, will hopefully be super valuable, answer some of those questions like, how do I monetize this thing? And how do I, how do I get, go a little further? And uh, so hopefully that'll be another venue. Just take it up one more notch. Absolutely. Well, Eric, thank you again so much. And I'll be putting that information in the show notes and um, links to your website, halfwaytherepodcast.com, and for the Facebook group and uh, any other things that you want to communicate with people, I'll make sure I put it in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for allowing me to join you along your way. Thanks, brother. It's been fun. I'm grateful for Eric starting the Christian Podcasters Association. And that has been a huge benefit for me just to be part of it. It was interesting to hear his story of how even though he knew his call was for ministry, he thought he was going to be a pastor, which makes sense. But God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. Oftentimes we think we know how God's master plan will play out for us in our lives, but we can easily see that we don't understand God's actual ways. We need to trust him in every step, even when those steps appear to be in a detour. Our detours can be frustrating, but God can still use them to shape and mold our character, as well as equip us for the unexpected parts of our journey of life with Him. 
Nothing is wasted with God. He will take our mess and turn it into a message that will bring him glory. I like what God said to him when he was stressed out about his James 4 message. His very real questions of, And I was praying and I said, God, what am I going to do if I can't do this? Right. And God's comical response of, And he said, well, you weren't very good at taking phone calls at first either. It is God's way of saying, just keep going. God speaks to us in a way that we can understand. And he has a sense of humor too. He wants relationship with us, with you. Eric makes time for Jesus and coffee. Make it a priority to spend time with him and get to know him. As you get to know him more, you will embrace the identity and calling that he has for you in your own life. When Eric embraced his call for a non-traditional ministry, he was led to podcasting, which then led to curating a community for Christian podcasters. God has really designed us with a need for community, and honestly, podcasting can be lonely at times. Having the great conversations are amazing and so life-giving, but then there is the editing process and putting everything all together. As I'm recording this, it's late Sunday night. I have to be at work early in the morning, and I'm alone in front of a microphone seeking God on how to wrap up this episode. Eric mentioned how by helping curate relationships for others, he is finding how his non-traditional ministry call is adding value to others. I love that. How can we add value to others with the gifts and experience that God has given us? Let's be purposeful in strengthening our relationship with God, cultivating community with others, and finding ways to add value to others' lives. If we're consistent with that, then maybe we will find ourselves a little bit more than halfway there. For more information about Eric Nevins, please check out his podcast, The Halfway There Podcast, and his website, ericnevins.com. I'll be providing links for his podcast and his website in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this episode with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way in iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at my website, alongtheway.media. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey. And may you realize when Jesus is walking with you, along your way.